What is going on, everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks, and everything Houston Rockets, presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. You can follow all of us on all social media platforms at JP underscore Mirabueno at Summit Commish at Summit SOM Pod and at Apollo NBA and at Apollo HOU. As you can see, if you can look around on the screen or if you can hear via voice, it's obviously only me here on this episode today. The GM is currently in Miami. I don't know what he's doing now. He's working, getting some work done in Miami on his regular job. So the commission is going to do this one solo, dolo like Sokoa one time for y'all. Um... Let's talk about the Houston Rockets, but before we do, before we talk about the amazing, incredible 3 and 3 start that I fully expected, uh, let's give a shout out one time to uh, Big City Wings, Houston's Wing Joint, Apollo's Wing Joint. They have two for Tuesday, buy one, get one free. That's bone in or boneless. We're actually recording this on a Tuesday, so. Be sure on a Tuesday to get your bone-in or boneless two for Tuesday. Buy one, get one free. On Wednesdays, they have $8 specialty burgers like avocado, egg, you name it. And Whiskey Wednesdays, $5 after 5 p.m. Remember, go check out Big City Wings, a ton of different locations. Find one nearest you and go shout them out. Go show them some love. That's right, Big City Wings, Houston's Wing Joint, Apollo's Wing Joint. One time for the brothers and sisters out there. All right, y'all. Let's dive into it. The Houston Rockets. I just want to open up and just kind of just let y'all know how I feel about it. I came into the season thinking that this team was more than capable of uh, not contending for a championship, but at peak getting a sixth seed. I thought they were that good. I thought if all everything hit on all cylinders, we can get there. The Houston Rockets are currently 3-3 three and three after a horrid 0-3 start to the season. They won. They won against the Charlotte Hornets, and then they took a home-and-home against the Sacramento Kings. Now, let's go dive through the stat line first, because the fact of the matter is that being 3-3 and is one thing. Being 3-3 and with this team in particular is something that you can never fathom, or at least if you followed the team since the rebuild, it's pretty tough to fathom if you think about it. The last time we were relevant was when James Harden and Russell Westbrook were a Houston Rocket. That just goes to show how long it was. Uh, during the bubble uh, in Florida at Disney World during COVID of 2020, this team now is 3-3. Three and three. And to give you all perspective, I'm going to give you all three numbers. It's 17, 20, and 22. Those are the win totals for the last three seasons for your Houston Rockets. Now, they are currently at 3-3 three and three through six games. Sole possession of the eighth seed. If the playoffs started today, you're looking at a play-in team officially. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Rockets are slowly but surely building themselves back to relevance. Uh, special thanks to many different uh, facets, obviously, the biggest being Ime Udoka and the culture that he's setting on this team. Let's throw some sat- throw some stats at y'all uh, through the first six games, and this is where it gets a little interesting because the Houston Rockets are they're 13th, they're ranked overall 13th in both offense and defense in the league. Now think about that. 13th on defense on a team that was ranked 30th, you're either worst or next to worst in the last three years. And the fact that you are now in 13th place, you're not, there's 30 teams in the league, you're on top 15 and on the top half is where you want to be. 
13th, a 17-team jump from last season, six games into the season. We're not talking the first two. I mean, we're not even we're not even an eighth of the way there. However, the first six games, I think everyone had kind of expected this team to kind of stumble out of the gate. This team was always going to be a slow burn. I think that's what everyone kind of thought of when they were thinking about this team. Uh, they knew they were going to get good, maybe hover closer to 500, maybe around January. Maybe they can get uh, something going before, something cooking before All-Star break. But the fact of the matter is, is that they're doing it six games into the season is insane when you think about it. That's a stat line right there, being 13th on both offense and defense. Um, second best starting lineup uh, ratings-wise in the NBA. And that is insane with a minimum of 50 minutes played together. This starting lineup, guys, there's no bones about it. This starting lineup is fucking lethal. I said this from the get-go. I said this uh, before the season had even started. I knew that this team was more than capable of performing, that the starting lineup was more than capable of performing when you bring in a champion like Fred Van Vliet, when you bring in a glue guy. Uh, obviously, for, for many reasons, people didn't like the the signing initially, but I mean, I think Dylan Brooks has more than proven his merit in terms of what he can bring to the table as a role player for this team, and, and more actually uh, for the, I mean, the first two wins of the season, I, th- I believe we won because of him. Uh, I thought he was uh, very... Uh, capable, and he pretty much put that team on the forefront, pretty much put the team on his back almost, both on an offensive and defensive standpoint to help carry these the team to victory. Um, game game th- six, obviously, this game against, the most recent game against the Kings, which was an insane blowout, which we'll go into. But the second best starting lineup uh, in the NBA, uh, eighth in the NBA in three-point percentage, y'all, 38.4%. What are we doing, y'all? 38 38- for the Houston Rockets. They are ranked number eight in the league. And I'm telling y'all, if you can check the receipts too from myself and the GM, I mean, we knew this wasn't... On paper, this is not a fantastic three-point shooting team. To this day, it's still not a fantastic three-point shooting team. Would we regress to the medium? I I do expect us to regress to the medium, but six games in, being number eight in the league in three-point shooting is... It was unfathomable at the time. 38.4%. Nothing to sneeze at. Um, Jabari Smith himself, my son, by the way. Come on. Give props to my son. He's fucking doing work right now. 38% from three. Jay Sean Tate is shooting at an extraordinary clip from three. I think he's shooting over 50% from the three-point line. I mean, Dylan Brooks, who's a three-point percentage, went down, obviously. I think he went like 0 of 2, 0 of 3 last game. I can check the stats in a little bit in our next segment. But he... I mean, like, he was hovering at around 60. Like, it was 60-plus percent, the greatest shooter in the NBA, basically, right? Uh, Percentage-wise, wasn't going to hold, obviously. But this team's improvement on the three-point shooting uh, shooting has been nothing short of miraculous. And we can give thanks to the assistant coach for that, uh, Ben Sullivan. I think Ben Sullivan should get a lot of love, the shooting guru. It's obvious that he's kind of, he's gone into the lab with these players. He's encouraged these players. He's, I don't know what he does behind the scenes, some Wizard of Oz shit. I don't fucking know. But whatever he's doing, it's working. Uh, they, they're, the past three years, you're either hovering as either the worst or the second to worst. And they were the worst shooting team last year. And you're jumping once again from 30 all the way to 8. That is nothing to sneeze at. You just jumped 22 spots above 22 other teams to get to where you are now. Absolutely insane when you think about it. So, 8th in the NBA in 3-point shooting. In comparison to last year, we were 1-5 and five to start the season. I can even go so far as to tell you we started the first 10 games going 1-9. of nine. 
If you're starting the season going one of nine, you know that the season's pretty much a letdown. Like, you knew what it was. And that was the fear when we started the season 0-3 was when I was thinking, man, like, that's the fear. You have to win. It became that game against Charlotte during Filipino Heritage Night became a must-win. They not only won this game, but they also won a home-and-home against Sacramento. And I'm telling you all right now, look, Vanessa Richardson, a shout-out to Vanessa, a friend of the show, uh, has talked about it uh, with... Craig Ackerman as well, to talk about how tough it is to win home-and-homes. Think about it. It's a two-game series. It's a two-game set. You're playing a home-and-home against this team. However, this is a two-game series. They get to see you twice in a row. At most, you'll get one. That's typically the pattern in a home-and-home series, is that you'll get one. We got the first one. I did not did not expect us to get two in a row, to be completely honest, with or without a De'Aaron Fox. The fact of the matter is that, yeah, the excuse can can be raised that, okay, because of De'Aaron Fox, the Houston Rockets shouldn't, you know, the Houston Rockets uh, should beat them. I mean, not necessarily. The Sacramento Kings was a three seed. Like, they were the number three overall seed last year. They were fucking, like, they were a money team, and they did their work, and they've earned respect amongst the league. Uh, Coach Mike Brown got them back to where they needed to be and they've been fucking killing it to be honest. They still got DeMontis Sabonis. They still got Davion Mitchell. They got Keegan Murray. They got studs on this team. But the fact of the matter is, is that there should be no reason as to why we would win both games at home, let alone win via blowout on both, both wins at home. The most recent game let's go into right now, the Houston Rockets defeat the Sacramento Kings 122-97. to That's right, you heard it here. 122-97, to a 25-point lead. The lead stretched as far as almost 40 at one point before the bench uh, trickled in in the fourth quarter, and obviously, you know, things regressed back to the mean. However, this Houston Rockets team, is kind of showing their merit now, kind of showing, like, showing their worth, flexing their muscles here. Um, Alperin Shangun in a recent interview uh, said post game, basically saying that these guys are dogs. These guys are dogs. Well, he didn't say dogs. Dog of the week, by the way. Potential dog of the week. Animal. That these guys are animals and that that the defense is playing, you know, animalistically. They're playing for each other. You know, the communication's better. Jabari as well, he's talking about it. Talking about how this team has encouraged each other, how they've helped each other out, how he even said in an interview today saying that uh, the, he felt like the team last year was immature, Inclu- and he included himself. Like, I was immature as well. He gets the feeling that this is different. This team is different. They're holding each other accountable. I think that's what makes made this team kind of just turn the tide. Like, when you saw 0-3, you thought, okay, more of the same thing, blah, blah, blah. But no, you, the sprinkles the sprinkles of success were there. They were bound to break through at some point. Um, Ime's culture, which we talked about at nauseum since we signed him, is gonna, at the end of the day, find its way to reach the surface, no matter what. He's that good of a fucking coach. That's why we got him. So when we got him, we knew it was gonna happen. Look, Houston Rockets, 122-97. to Let's go into it right now. Uh, right out of the gate, I want to just talk about Jalen Green. I want to talk about Jalen Green and how he came out and performed with a chip on his shoulder. He fucking needed it. We knew, like, that was the GM's, shouts to the GM, his prediction, saying that he he believed that Jalen Green was going to have a breakout game. Uh, he absolutely did. Fucking killed it. He had 23 points. Uh, only two rebounds, two assists. Not much to sneeze at in terms of the other. And, and I think that's 
one of his weaknesses. He needs to start doing a little bit more on the offensive and defensive end, uh, getting rebounds, box out, just the little things I still think he needs to improve on. However, the scoring did come back. 23 points, two rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. He shot. He's only shot nine shots. He shot five of nine, three of five uh, from three. So it was, I, again, the net rating was there. 10 of 12 from the free throw line, which is huge because he's been so hot and cold from the free throw line. I didn't. I haven't been knowing what to expect from him. Uh, from the free throw line because he's yeah like I said he's really been hot and cold throughout the season so far so getting this is really going to shake and uh, help gain confidence a plus 13 on the floor um Jalen Green he's he's needed no matter what um we invested that number two pick on him so it's a good thing that he started scoring uh scoring you know being creative, scoring off the ball, just finding ways to get himself going. And that jump shot really had to fall, and it did. Shot three of five from three. Another, I don't want to highlight on a player. I want to highlight on the play of the team, the totality of the team. Because this balanced attack is insane. Like, the Jabari Smith is the lowest score on the team and the team is averaging at least 14 points a game. And I'm sorry, the starting lineup is averaging at least 14 points a game, with Jabari Smith being the lowest. That's at least 14 points a game. The high score is Alperin Shanguna, I think, at 18.3, 18.4. 14 to 18 points per game. Y'all, you're looking at a Detroit Pistons... Uh, 2004 Chauncey Billups, uh, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Rasheed Wallace era type of balanced scoring. Like, I love that. It shows that this team knows that, like, they know that there's no superstar. And I think to get to that next level to win a championship, you're going to need a superstar. And it's either going to be the player that's going to break out like a Jalen Green or an Alperin Shangun, or it's going to be a player that you get via trade or free agency. But the balanced attack, the totality of the balanced attack on offense and defense, offense especially, is night and day. Guys, I've covered this team. Me and the GM have covered this team for three years. We've watched them, saw them develop. Ball movement was maybe once in a blue moon. You'd see a crisp ball movement. But most of the time, it was a lot of one-on-one, a lot of basic pick-and-roll plays, um, a lot of basic plays. A lot of plays where you expect plan A to work, and when plan A doesn't work, you go to an ISO, you go to a pick and roll, you go to the most basic of AAU plays. It seems like the way Ime Udoka is putting this together is that he's has a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and they're sticking to it. Because plan A can get blown up. Okay, let's do run the second set, and then let's run the third set. Like That's what I love about the team, and the commitment to running the sets. Because it's five guys on a string, that's just basketball. And the fact that they're all doing it together. They're funneling throughout Perrin Shangun. They're sharing the sugar. Fred Van Vliet is running the offense to a T. Um, Dylan Brooks cutting to the rim. Jabari Smith finding his pockets on the fadeaway in the mid-range and getting himself open from the three-point line. Jalen Green slashing to the basket, doing his job, knowing he's one of the fastest guys on the floor. They're using their strengths. That's why this team is number two in the league their starters are number two in the league because they're playing together. There's a synergy with the starting lineup. And I'm telling you all now, if you haven't really been paying much attention to the games, you need to hop on now because it was on full display uh, this past game against the Kings. The fact that they were sharing the sugar so much, so many opportunities and moments where I noticed that the ball movement was so, so crisp. Uh, was I remember there was a play where I think Jalen or it was Dylan, it was a pick and roll where... 
Shengun had already been hot during the game. Like, he was already scoring. He was doing his thing. By the way, Alper and Shengun, holy shit. Guys, he outplayed DeMontis Sabonis. Let's just be real here. He fucking outplayed one of the best centers in the league. DeMontis Sabonis is easily a top five center in the league, in my opinion. And the fact of the matter is, is that he came in and basically made DeMontis Sabonis look like nothing. Look like a, not a scrub, but he showed his superiority to him. I think he thoroughly outplayed him, like not even close. Like he fucking did the Hakeem to David Robinson in the Western Conference Finals of 95. There's just no touching him. So the fact of the matter is that Alperin Shangun did that. He had 17, 12, and 8, which we're going to go into in a second. I, I need to spotlight Alperin Shangun. But um, there was a play in particular where, going back to what I was saying, Dylan Brooks, or I think Jalen Green, had ran a pick and roll, uh, gets it to Shangun, dead set in the middle. Um, Shangun sees his defender going back, or the switch defender going back. The the player that was in the corner was thinking that Jabari would maybe stay home in the corner. However, Jabari, he kind of gets, the, the, the Kings defender gets kind of caught in no man's land. Jabari finds a quick way to cut to the rim and then that the Kings player didn't even notice because he probably thought that Jabari was just going to camp in the corner, go for the three. Smart play. However, Jabari read it, quick cut to the rim. Shengun kicks it to Jabari for an easy dunk and I think it extended the lead to like 17 or 18. Guys, this is what this team is really capable of. Being able to read and react. That's what this team has to be capable of. They have to find their strengths, lean into their strengths, and double down on their strengths. And I think that's what they did. I also want to highlight the defense. Guys, they're fucking playing like dogs this year. 13th overall on the defensive end. I'm telling y'all right now, you pay that $80 million to Dylan Brooks, you pay that $120 million to Fred Van Vliet for that purpose alone. You pay that money to get these guys on this team. Because it's one thing for Ime Udoka to instill culture. It takes the players to execute the culture. Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet were perfect. Like, considering the landscape of the free agency, they were perfect vets to plug in to this team at this time with Ime Udoka trying to set the culture for his team. This is the perfect guys to set it up. And look at it now. Guys, they're hounding all over the floor. They're playing for each other. They're flying on defense, picking moments when to switch, when to stay home. Their ability to their ability to read and react defensively. Not letting Demonis Sabonis uh, get get his. Not letting uh, the the role players get theirs. I mean, come on. Demonis Sabonis only had eight points, five assists, eight rebounds. He was pretty much like. Like, he didn't have a good two-game series, bottom line. Uh, Alperin Shengun thoroughly outplayed him, like I said earlier. This team is this team is good, guys. I'm telling you right now. And and that's the crazy thing about it is that I expected... Like, my high hopes is I expected this team to be good. I didn't expect them to be gangbusters out of the gate. Like, the stumbling out of the gate at 0-3 sucks. I did expect to get one of those three, but I did expect... I didn't expect us to be at 500 in the first six. Maybe, maybe like, two and four. Like, through the first six. I think that was, like, the more realistic uh, view. Um, did not expect this team to go 3-3 three and three currently right now. Let's spot it. Let's try to spotlight on Operation Shangun. I think he's pretty much earned it here. He's averaging 18 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. He's hovering. Hovering close to a triple-double during, uh, during the times during this season so far in six games. Who does that remind you of, y'all? Nikola Jokic. The fucking reigning. MVP like there's just no way that there's just absolutely 
No, sorry, he's not the reigning MVP. It was Joel Embiid was the reigning MVP. The reigning finals MVP is uh, Nikola Jokic. Guys, I'm be the first one to tell you. Alperen Shangun, what the way he's performed in the last several years is is amazing. He's he's perfect for what today's uh, NBA is and what the what the model of today's NBA is. That the big is not the big that just uh, pick and rolls like a Clint Capella or just does the most basic uh, JaVale McGee. Uh, that's kind of like it's kind of a bygone era now. The center needs to be able to do a little bit more than just that. They have to shoot. Maybe have some handles. Maybe have the ability to to pass. It's not just rim and run. It's not just rim board and run now. There's so much more. Uh, there's so much more depth now to the center. Alperin Shangun is a perfect example of that. However, um, I wasn't sure how he was going to impact at a winning level. It's more than proof, at least in these first six games, that. He's proven his merit as the center of this team. I think he's more than earned it. Um, the stats are sexy as hell. He's 52% from the field, 28% from three, which is not bad, all things considered. I, you know, he's he's pretty inconsistent from the three-point line, so I'm not shocked. Uh, 28 to 30% is kind of where I had him at. Um, his ability to impact winning, I think that is what made me believe in him. There's little things, these little plays that he's making. The Ime culture at this point. Six games into the season, if I were to pick one player that has been impacted the most by Ime culture, it's Operin Shangun. There's no way that this guy who's uh, this talented offensively, who had so many woes defensively, can be able to rise up the way he has. His defense has been pretty consistent. The record will fool you, but his defense has been consistent throughout the six games. He's tried as hard as he could. I mean, at the end of the day, he's not the most athletic. He's going to get beat. But the most basic fundamental plays, like boxing out, like getting that done. And, you know, he was really close to getting a triple-double. He could have gotten a triple-double. But Ime, uh, during one of the post-game interviews, was yelling out, uh, you know, uh, box out Sabonis, you'll get 10 rebounds because they removed him from the game, I think, in the fourth quarter. Uh, so Alpi Al- wasn't able to get his, uh, his long, uh, beloved triple-double. So what he needs to do now is is that just kind of fix those little things, and he's not the most athletic guy. However, we knew what he brought to the table as a wizard on offense. If he can be league average to maybe close to above league average defensively, guys, the diamond in the rough may not be Jalen. There's a possibility it may be Alperin Shangun. There's no way right now that he's playing this good at this level if we're not looking at him as a possibility of being the guy moving forward for this team. Um, I want to see, obviously, a bigger sample size here. Um, it's only six games in, but the fact that Ime culture has already gotten to him defensively, his lateral movement is quicker, his ability to get back on defense is quicker, his read and reaction on defense is quicker, the communication has improved. You can tell he's talking to his teammates defensively, and as the center, as the anchor of the team on the back end, you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to communicate it with your guys. Um, you can't just depend on the point guard or, or Dylan Brooks to be yelling the entire time. The back-end anchor of the center has to be able to communicate that. So, I love it. And when you couple all of that together, with along with Dylan Brooks's play, Jabari Smith's in, uh, in 
continually improved play up to 38% from three. Jalen's slowly kind of getting it together. Maybe he's just going to be the slow burn. Maybe by all-star break, he'll be fucking going ham. I don't know. Um, but based on what we're seeing here is that there's constant improvement. The consistency of, of a Fred Van Vliet, maybe not a consistency on offense, but or like scoring-wise, but a consistent presence on the court. That's what we need from him. Um, if there's any negative to take from this, oh, by, oh my gosh, by the way, shout out to Jay Sean Tate. Like, my God, up to 50% from the three. What are we doing here? He's the freaking sixth man. I wish he scored a little bit more because he could be a uh, he could be a candidate for sixth man of the year, like, easily and by far. Like, what do y'all think? I want to know, like, right out of the gate, first games, first six games of the season, like, who's your most improved, Who who's the most improved of the team so far, who's the sixth man, has to be Jay Sean Tate, who's been the MVP, who's been the de- defensive player of the year so far? Go ahead, drop it in the comments, I want to know. Um, Jay Sean Tate doesn't get enough love, he's the sixth man, he's the, put, you know, you put your hard helmet on, and you fucking do work, so that's what he does. The defense, the defense of the bench as a totality needs to uh, improve and get better, and it will get better, because Emil Doka officially did announce that the, that the Houston Rockets are gonna bring back Tari Eason for this game, which we're about to preview right here, against, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, my goodness, this, uh, get your popcorn ready, guys. Because you're going to get Tari Eason back. He's going to play between 15 to 16 minutes. Uh, but getting Tari Eason back as a whole on the bench is killer. It's going to add It's going to add momentum uh, to the defense. It's going to add this layer of defense. And more importantly, it's this motor that he has. The love of the game that he plays with. You know when Tari Eason steps on the floor? There's a love to this game that he has. So the, just having him back there for the morale alone is going to be killer. I don't expect him to be gangbusters. Um, he's still nursing the injury. It did get a lot. It did get worse and inflamed before it got better. So I do. Ex- I don't expect him to be gangbusters out of the gate. However, I do expect him uh, to make somewhat of an impact on the court. Uh, Dylan Brooks and LeBron James talk about that real quick. Holy crap! Dylan Brooks says, "I'm looking forward to locking up LeBron." It's probably gonna get a quote, but what the fuck do you expect him to say? I can't guard LeBron. Come on now. This is going to be a legit matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun. Get your popcorn ready. It's going to be Wednesday, which we are. This episode will be released by that point. So LeBron James versus Dylan Brooks obviously is the big matchup. But what it, it seems like this Rockets team always tends to show up and show out when the chips are down against like the big teams, like the Celtics, the Lakers, the Philadelphia 76ers at the time last year. Seems like they're always ready to play. So I do fully expect them to come out of the gate. They're going to be at home. Um, I'm excited. They're going to drop the, I think it's the first uh, time that they're going to show their city jersey. So shout out to the Cougars one time, UH Cougars. Uh, They're going to go ahead and drop that uh, uniform. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be an exciting matchup. Anytime LA comes into town, LeBron James comes into town, Anthony Davis comes into town gonna be a fucking ball so if y'all can show up show up be loud uh deck out toyota center show the la lakers who's boss um predictions right out of the gate i would like to think that the rockets are gonna go ahead and get above 500 they're gonna be four and three they tend to perform really well at home against the lakers along with dylan brooks when the lights are bright first matchup since their incident in the playoffs I fully expect them to win. They're going to win 118. I'll go 118 107. 118 to 107 will be the final score for you, your Houston Rockets. They're going to ride on. Uh, they're going to go above 500. Four game win streak. You heard it here. One, two, three, four game win streak here as they continue to build upon the promise of being uh, a really good team and 
they're gonna ascend right back into relevance. I can't fucking wait, guys. Tomorrow can't get here soon enough. I'm serious. Like, I'm starting to get to the point where I need fucking Rockets basketball like every goddamn day now. Like, I need it. I need it like air. So I'm excited. Uh, it's gonna be a fun time. If you're going to the game, like I said, be loud. Uh, drop your score prediction. What do you think the score is gonna be? Uh, what do y'all think uh, about the uh, like? What's the what's your matchup? Are you look most looking forward to? Uh, not just tomorrow's game, but games the rest of the season. Drop it below in the comments. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode now since it's just me. We don't need to run it too long. Y'all heard me talk long enough. Uh, but once again, shout out to the Apollo Podcast Network brethren that continue to kill the game. Uh, Beyond the Diamond, the Crown Jewel of Houston Astros podcast. Be sure to give them your first listen for all Houston Astros content. Uh, Apollo Texans, my God, off the gridiron, CJ Stroud, I think he's him. Uh, be sure to check them out for and give them your first listen for all Houston Texans content. And uh, we appreciate each and every one of y'all for making us your first listen uh, for all your favorite Houston Rockets content. Like I said, we're going to be chugging these episodes out to y'all. Um, and I'm just excited to know what the rest of the season holds. What an exciting time to be a Houston Rockets fan. Like, seriously, the road back to relevance. And you know what, guys? Casual or not? everyone's welcome on board. I, I want to celebrate it, these wins. I want to celebrate these games with the fans. So that that's what I'm most looking forward to. I want to see each and every every, every one of y'all there. Um, we did see a fan uh, last week, which I was really more than happy to uh, see. So if you do ever see me on the street or the GM, come say what's up. I love vibing with Rockets fans, talking Rockets. one of my favorite things to do. And uh, guys, they're fucking winning now. Let's fucking go. They're about to go, maybe stretch it to 4-0 here. Beat the Lakers, beat LeBron. Let's end this episode as we end every episode here with a Go Summit, Go Apollo. And of course, man, three in a row, go for four. Go Rockets. Oh, and watch basketball. Yeet! The Summit. Four.